Okay, 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, last session we looked at verses 1 to 6 of chapter 3, and we spoke about Christian womanhood, in particular Christian wifehood. Now in this passage of scripture that we're going to look at, he takes one verse, verse 7, and speaks to men, to husbands. You say, well, how come he did six verses for the Christian wife and one verse for the Christian man? There's a couple reasons. One is the verse is loaded that he puts on men. And the other is, I think Simon Peter was showing respect and courtesy. I I believe he was showing a... tenderness towards the role that a Christian wife has to have and was helping them to gain some insight into how God looks at it. And as we read the verse and we make reference to some cross-references, you'll notice that in reality, there's no real promise to the man like there is to the woman. It says that in verse 4, where he said, let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. He doesn't deal with the men that way. He doesn't really give them any other motivation than obedience to Christ. And there is a difference in how the average man thinks and the average woman thinks, especially when you're saved and you can have the mind of Christ. So in verse 7, he uses that same introductory thought in this statement, likewise. So it's based upon the fact of chapter 2, verse 25, and the context before it. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. So he says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. One statement. Giving honor unto the wife as under the weaker vessel, second statement, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, third statement, that your prayers be not hindered, fourth statement. Now, we're not going to go into a whole session here on the psychology of the Word of God, but it's it's pretty impressive to me, having been at this for four decades, and having dealt with many, many a person, talked to many, many a believer, Christian men, Christian wives, Christian teenagers, boys and girls, having talked to them about all different sort of things, and having also read widely, it's amazing to me that you can get right here in this passage and understanding that men do think differently primarily than women. Now, some of the stuff I'm going to say is not going to go down well with a Christian husband at, at first. Because men who have a tradition, we'll say, and men who have a manhood in their mind, okay, they're not effeminate and they're not, uh, you know, they don't roll over and lay down. They also have a tendency to go to the other ditch on the other side of the road. And that is to reserve the right to stay as they've always been. Well, that's not Christian either. So he says, likewise, ye husbands. 
So again, we spoke last time about the idea that the Bible divides and describes and gives its demands, you might say, its disciplines according to roles. The role of a man who's a husband is significant in God's eyes, and it is, it is laid out clearly. It starts all the way back in Genesis and comes all the way through your Bible. So here's Simon Peter writing, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ has come. He's walked with Christ. Christ has been crucified and buried and risen and now ascended. And so Simon Peter is writing these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to help Christians to function in what in his day was a dysfunctional world. Okay, just like it is today. Likewise, ye husbands, number one, dwell with them according to knowledge. So the first thing, in my words to put it, is study your woman. Study her. Learn her. Not evaluate her. Not categorize her. Study her. Now, you should even understand, oh, this isn't going to go well with some of you fellows, uh, their body chemistry, for example. Didn't say you got to go in some long dissertation or long thing about every little thing, but you should understand how they tick. Now, to do so requires subjection by the man. So if you're a Christian woman, listen to this. You need to understand that that means that one of the first things God says to that man is he has to submit himself to dwell, get this, dwell with them according to knowledge. Now, I understand the typical, a typical man doesn't do that. I get it. I understand a typical Christian man is, is no different, especially if he's not been taught the Bible or helped, and especially if he's brought, you know, either a carnal Christianity or no Christianity into his marriage. I get that. Giving the benefit of the doubt, fulfill your verses one to six, but pray. And pray with fervency. But you see, to dwell with the wife, according to knowledge, means that he has to study it. He has to ponder it, give some thought to it. I, I, I didn't know at the time, didn't know God at the time I was growing up, didn't know him. No Bible, no prayer, no God. I didn't know that many of the experiences I would have would actually help me in understanding the Bible, help me in understanding people, and help me in understanding life and, and shepherding. But what we learned, what I learned, and I was just just had a, there were a vet veterinarian on Saturday morning. They were interviewing this veterinarian on the radio. And the veteran, they were talking this, this person, this veteran, this fellow has been a veterinarian for about 25 years or 30. <coughs> been very effective, been very good at helping diagnose horses that had difficult or large animals. He's a large animal veterinarian, not just horses, but they were speaking of horses at the time. And it's something that I've said to people all through the years is that when you're working with, with those animals, you have to learn to observe really well. And you can't just make a blanket observation without ob observing from all angles. Because the animal can't talk to you. Some give more indications or more direct indications than others. But in many cases, the, it, it's on the, on the, the burden is on the caretaker, the shepherd, to observe. Now, as I said in the last session, 
read a little quote by a guy, just one of those little, you know, thoughts and motivational things that said, many marriages would be better if the husband and wife clearly understood that they're on the same side. And so that's why, that's why it's so important. Okay. Uh, it's, it's important because, okay, here we go. It's important because we cannot allow ourselves to get adversarial. Dear Christian woman, dear Christian wife, you, you shouldn't do that. And if you've got friends, women friends that help you get adversarial, you should just, honestly, you should ease off from their friendships. You don't have to act holier than now. You, you don't need that influence. You don't need any influence from uh, TV, radio, uh, internet, anything that helps you have that attitude. Well, men, you and I are supposed to dwell with them according to knowledge. We're supposed to study them. We're even supposed to read about the things that help them. You see, he said, as unto the weaker vessel. Now, now listen, that does not mean that a woman is weak or is to be weak. But we'll stick with our, with our order here, the first one, and that is dwell with them according to knowledge. <laughs> you know, if a fella knows now, 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 let me back up. I understand when you read Proverbs, it talks about a contentious woman, okay? Or a brawling woman. I get that, fellas. I get that. And Christian women understand that that's not supposed to be your way or your example, okay? And I understand, men, that there's times when you find yourself in a situation where nothing will actually please. However, in many, 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 many cases, it's important to understand what helps bring peace, okay? And today, talking to you Christian husbands. So if you're a slob, get unslobbed, period. Now, they always say opposites attract. Well, that's true in, in uh, magnetism, negative and positive pole. It's true in electricity, but I don't know that it's true, for the most part, in human nature. Now, if you're talking about offsetting strengths, yes. But I don't see a person who's tidy and orderly being consistently happy with somebody who's just lazy and a slob. So in that case, opposites don't attract. Now, the lazy slob might be attracted to the orderly person because he is figuring she's going to clean up for him. And the mother of the lazy slob may have made it worse because she did pick up after him all your life. So fellas, I'll tell you right now, your wife is not supposed to be your surrogate mother. She is not supposed to have to clean up after you. She's not supposed to have to do all, all your errands and stuff for you. She might do it to help the situation, but that's not what she's there for. Christian woman, you didn't marry a man so that you could have, you could be his mother. That's not why. Let God give you some children, mother them. But I, I promise you, Christian, Christian wife, don't raise a son who's spoiled by his mother. Please. He will either make a non-husband or a horrible husband. So men, I'm speaking to thee. Dwell with them according to knowledge. Learn what stresses them. Learn how much you can share with them of good stuff. 
You shouldn't be holding secrets, your secret life from them. You shouldn't have one. Amen. But learn what stresses them. Learn how you communicate something matters to how it stresses them. I'll give you an example. Learn if, if, if you're a Christian husband and your wife might express a desire for something, but it isn't really something she really wants. It's just a, you know, an expression. Be careful. Because if you're not careful, what will happen is you might take that thing, being a guy, and say, well, she surely has thought it out and that's what she wants, and you go do it, and it doesn't maybe impress her, and it's not even really something that she, you know, <laughs> genuinely really wants. You're going to be tempted to have an attitude about that and hold it against her. Now, we do not have time today, okay? We do not have time to go into so many different things. This is not a a husband course that honestly you should be getting books you should be reading uh, you should be constantly asking the Lord to help you now be careful what you read stick in your Bible first of all I admit that okay uh, but write down this write down Colossians 319 so when I say studying I mean your Bible first dwell with recorded knowledge ready Colossians 319 write this down husband love your wives and be not bitter against them. So that must be a temptation. That must be a temptation to be bitter. And it is a temptation to be bitter. And one of the reasons it is, is because sometimes you're going to feel like, well, that was, you know, that was unrealistic. Or, and, and sometimes the, the wife might come up with something unrealistic. But be careful that you don't let yourself get bitter. Dwell with them according to knowledge. Under, learn when it's a real desire, when it's not. There's just hundreds, but this is examples to try to just prompt your thinking. So the second thought is giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Okay, so giving honor for one thing. You should, do, you should treat somebody with honor. You know, in the next verse, he says, Finally, be you all of one mind, having compassion, one another, love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous. You know what courteous is? Courteous is having court-like manners, not the court that you go to when you do something wrong. Court like a king's court, like royalty. Having good manners. It is amazing how important it is and how helpful it is to have good manners. It is not a sign of manhood to be gruff and have poor manners. By the way, a man can be a real man, a real Christian man, and have never gutted an animal, and have never killed anything as such just for the sport of it. It doesn't make you a man. It makes you an earthly man. About like Nimrod, he was the mighty hunter. And he was a type of the Antichrist. So, put that in there. So, giving honor unto the wife. <clears throat> It's important to learn the third one as the weaker vessel. Doesn't mean she's weak. Doesn't mean she is, you know, frail. And women, you're not to be weak. I think that the problem a lot of women have is they don't have a good, strong will. A strong will is not a self-will. Okay? So the picture is weaker as in not able to do everything you can do. You know, a 
A lot of men make the mistake of allowing the wife to do as much as she can possibly do and take it off them so they can do whatever they feel like. And then pretty soon they convince themselves, well, she loves doing that anyway. Well, maybe not. Most often not. But if it's the only way it's going to get done, then she would have to worry and be stressed about it if she didn't do it. As under the weaker vessel. There are many things in which we could do this. You know, the old thing of opening the door for them and carrying the groceries. And, you know, I think so much of that that's gone by the wayside has hurt marriages and men's ideas because when we do something for someone else, for our wife, it's helping us to submit. It's helping us to be in submission to Christ and to the other person. That's so important. And you will find that in Ephesians 5. You will find it in the other passage, Colossians 3. You find that principle. Now watch. And as being heirs together of the grace of life. Now I don't know about you. But I have found personally. That there is a principle in your Bible that we get grace because of another. And many times, I think a Christian man has forgotten that he might be getting a lot of grace from the Lord because of his marriage. Look with me at Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. This is pretty important. If you and I understand this principle, it will help us to see life a little differently. And may I say, Christian wife, get this principle if you're listening. As heirs together of the grace of life. Look at Proverbs chapter 8 with me. Proverbs and chapter 8. There are other verses that go with this, but this is a great verse to me. Proverbs 8, 35. Well, let's pick it up in verse 34 so you see what I'm saying. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my door. This is wisdom speaking in Proverbs 8. Now watch. For whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. Okay? So he's likening the fact of getting wisdom, and getting all that stuff. But notice now, we're going to go to chapter 18. And notice the similarity of these two passages. Okay, chapter 18. This is, this is significant. Chapter 18. So, wisdom says, Whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. Chapter 18. Chapter 18, and find verse 22. 18.22 Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Across the page, chapter 19, verse 14, Houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers, and a prudent wife is from the Lord. So when he says, Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, obtaineth favor of the Lord. So he's obviously talking about a good wife. Okay, he's not talking about a bad situation. But it's so absolutely true. 
So he said, if you find a wife, you find a good thing. So let's just say that he's not talking about just a marriage relationship, but a true wife, a woman living it out. If you find that, you have favor of the Lord, but not for yourself. So he says, dwell with them according to knowledge. Learn that wife of yours. Learn her, study her. Giving honor unto the wife. Give honor. Uh, if it's changing the way you do some things, change it. You know, when it says guide the house, guide the home, that means letting her, for the most part, decide how it ought to be. I, I find, I find a, a scary thing amongst men. They want to determine the entire decor of the house. Now, I understand. I understand. Men want things a bit manly. That's cool. You can confer with each other. But she's supposed to guide the home and you're supposed to guide the outside. You're supposed to mow the lawn and trim it and cut the trees or whatever it is and make sure the cars are serviced and stuff. You're supposed to do the guy things. So do those. Give honor. Honor unto her. Honor in the way you do some things. Make the adjustment. It's worth it. You say, well, I did and there was still hell in the home. Okay, but you did your part. I understand that. I do. I understand that. Believe me. But you did your part. And that's what matters with God. Ready? Honor of the wife there. Then, thirdly, as under the weaker vessel. So think of the ways in which you should not be putting something. You know, it's kind of like making a wife take the phone calls. Maybe you find yourself in a situation which hundreds of people do, thousands do, uh, and at some point in your life, creditors at whatever. You take those calls. You deal with those things. You deal with the neighbors. And deal with them in a way that you're a Christian man. Amen. Well, like I said, the list could go on forever. Okay, so then thirdly, the weaker vessel. Fourthly, as being heirs together of the grace of life. Understanding that there's so much grace that God will give you because you have that Christian woman. And if she lives at all, like verses 1 to 6, you've got a very special thing. You've got something far above rubies. And then number five, that your prayers be not hindered. You know, you want to be in agreement. And that means don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Look the verse up. That means learn to forgive and to forget. Now, sadly enough, in relationships, I understand. There's some people, only one person does all that. Okay, but Christian man, this is your day. This is your verse. Let it be you. Let it be you. If the Lord Jesus Christ could suffer what he did, then let us suffer. Now, if it goes, goes to hell in a hand bucket and dissolves, okay. But make sure you did all you possibly could. Dwell with them according to knowledge. Learn, observe, pray, make notes, not critical notes, good ones. Notes of action and remedy, not changing the other person. Because number two, giving honor unto the wife. Give honor. Here's one. No snide remarks or jokes. I, I've, there have been times I really, I would, I would just, I would stop a service if I had somebody preaching for me 
that was criticizing his wife publicly and and making making her the brunt of her jokes, his jokes. That just irritates the fire out. There's no right for that. That's wicked as hell. There's nothing funny about it. <laughs> Number three, the weaker vessel. Find out what parts are weak in your particular wife. And you can help her get strong in it, but mostly don't put the weight on there. Listen, there's a verse that says, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. I've had both. I've had my legs in a cast more than once. I've had one of them in a cast four times. One of them three times. I had two knee surgeries. I understand that. A broken foot. And I've also understand a tooth, a, bro, uh, a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. I've had a foot out of joint more than once. And I've had a broken tooth. Most of them, I just went down there and got them pulled. They were broken through, through different things. One of them was, two of them were from, you know, martial arts and stuff. One of them probably from a car accident. But man, when they're broken, they, it cuts everything. It, it, it's confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble. Now, he said, how does that apply to the weaker vessel? Because you don't want to be the one who put the foot out of joint by putting too much on her. Too much weight on her, too much burden on her, who broke the tooth because there was too much pressure there. See, you don't want to be the one that does that. Now, I understand. Listen, I understand. I've been around missionaries my whole life, Christian life, and I've seen situations where the wife had very difficult circumstances, no matter how hard the man tried. And they bore, the woman bore that, and they are, they are got to be in God's Hall of Fame. You watch and see. They are Christian heroes. I understand that. And sometimes, maybe, you know, a missionary wife or something, she will snap or not be able to take it all. But most of the time, when the fellow's trying to do these things in this passage and all the other verses that go with it, it was just unavoidable. Be that kind of man as under the weaker vessel. As being heirs together of the grace of life. Make your life together. Together, together, together. I think one of the great things that hinders marriages is that over time, and sometimes it starts off this, it's two separate lives or it's one life and the dear woman has to just be a part of it or else get left out. Going to be the man's way or the highway. No, heirs together, together. It is not letting God down to sit down and figure out what can we do about this together it's together now fellas i know we got to lead i know that i know if god tells you as a leader you got to do something i get that i understand i've done it more than once but let's make sure we do life together but also as heirs together what of the grace of life the grace of god is in our life when we do things together and then fifthly that your prayers be not hindered you ought to pray together Say, well, you know, I'm off to work and stuff. Find a way. Find a way over the phone to pray together. Just 30 seconds every morning. 30 seconds every night. Now, it'll turn into more. Pray. Pray together. You should pray together in the sense of praying about certain things. Have things that you're praying together. And, and when it says that your prayers be not hindered, you should say, Lord, I don't want anything in my life. You ought to write Matthew 18, 18 down. Okay? And Matthew 6, 12. Just... Listen, 
Keep the way clear so that when you two pray, it's as if when Jesus said, if two or more agree, you're in agreement. Learn to do life together. And he said that your prayers be not hindered. If prayers get hindered because one party won't, I get that. But don't let that party be you, Christian husband. Don't let your attitude and stubbornness and self-will dominate to the point that your prayers are hindered. Don't let that be the case, Christian man. Father, we pray you take these thoughts. I mean, Lord, stick them right into the heart of Christian men. Lord, help us understand how important our role is. Help us understand how important it is for us to stand before you one day and having tried and done our best and having done all to stand. I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen.